0: Reinforcements required once again. We have another crook Jr. Hope you are feeling better soon, mate. We have a big weekend of gather round footy to attend, and especially those shit hot crows. But fortunately, I am joined today by Regan and Lockie, who have stepped in for Jr. to go through the round four review and also give their tips for round five. And at the end of the podcast, I am joined by Jake Dean Ashenden to talk about his record breaking team from the weekend. Let's go. called in the reinforcements today because we have another crook JR for the second week in a row and these two were itching to get on after some pretty stellar performances on the pod previously and it'd be good to see them duke it out because you haven't uh, been on the podcast together yet so I'm joined by Regan and Lockie let's start with you first Regan how are you today
1: yeah, good mate. Glad to be uh glad to be back on. I I, I feel like me and Norman have been kept separate for obvious reasons because we probably can't be in the same virtual room together because of the hatred we have for one another.
0: That hatred tends to only go one way and that's uh actually no, it probably does go both ways, depending on how ar- arrogant you're being. So oh, that's fine. Uh Norman, how are you today?
2: G'day Dylan. Uh g'day listeners. Uh happy pass around to you and uh, and Regan and, and to everyone uh okay following the pod to today. What a cracker start it's been.
0: All right, let's quickly talk about Pass Around because that was going to be my first matter of business. Uh, how did Pass Around come about? Um, what instigated it? And I guess, what do you hope to see from the remainder of the week with Pass Around?
2: Oh, look, I'd just like to see a continuation of, of what's already happened. Some some absolutely massive trades. Uh, the Laird Merit trade, huge. Uh, the Cogs Guthrie one, huge for Grady, very poor for Jono. But, you know, it's just about... Uh, that festival spirit, Dylan, um, <laughs> that we've got, we gather around this weekend, and and I just thought, what a way to to really um, incite some um, some cheer and some positivity within the league, and and get blokes talking to one another once again, despite you know the vitriol that Regan has brought to the league. I think you know there's ways <laughs> that we can get
0: around that. I've spoken to about three different people regarding trades today, and all three of them have said, "I'm a little drained with trade talk. Can we try again tomorrow?" So. <laughs> From that respect, I'm not sure pass around's a roaring success so far. <laughs> oh, early days, early days, and it did start hot. Regan, you're gonna get involved in pass around?
1: Yeah, I've 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 dabbled a little bit uh so far. Um, I'm um I was trying to think back the other day, actually. I I don't think I've made a trade yet. Not even like a shitty little one. But um yeah, I I don't know. I I, I look at these trades like what's essentially because the second leg didn't mean fuck all, and Guthrie for cogs and just wonder when one of those is going to drop in my inbox because they haven't yet. Hence why I haven't been traded because uh, I've I've not been delivered an absolute uh, box of chocolates on a platter like Jono has done to Grady today, which has been unfortunate. But I'll, I'll I'll get involved if the time is right and the deal is right. So hopefully around the corner, there might even be some discussions between myself and uh, one Lachlan Norman at the moment. Ooh possibly yeah
0: there was going to be a suggestion if we had more time but we're recording this relatively late at night at least for you Regging. you'll be in bed in an hour um i was going to see if we can negotiate a live three-way trade on air but <laughs> the more i thought about it we'd need about four hours and it would probably eventuate with i don't know one of us spitting the dummy and not even bothering so uh, maybe that's an idea well, for we'd, another... ha- we'd have to wait
1: for teams anyway so it'd be a three a three-day
3: trade
0: do we though i'm happy to run the gauntlet If anybody's uh, interested in Zach Guthrie, the now primo defender, you're more than welcome to have a crack while on the pod. Oh, Mills for Guthrie. (laughs) Done. Send it. (laughs) Done. All right. We don't want to be here for very long. Let's launch into Get Him Off.
1: Fucking get him off. Yeah, um, get off! he's coming off. Get him, get him back off! off. Get him off. Get him off. Get him, get him off. off! Rocket, rock We can't hear.
0: Only one of us have a get him off today. I did throw it out to all three of us. I can't think of anything. Regan didn't respond. But Lockie, you got back to me almost immediately and said, "Yep, yeah, I want to go after one thing in particular. So, microphone's yours. What's your get him off segment for this week?
2: Well, look, I think this will actually resonate with the two of you because I know that I've spoken to both of you about this before. But my get him off for this week is the extended bench. <laughs> Okay, we're, it's 2023. We now have a rolling lockout. We have people with bets on, which is extremely important. We have fantasy leagues such as ours that we're talking we're talking life and death. Like let's be real, and we've got blokes like James Jordan and Brandon Parfit on my bench with little fucking purple uh, dot next to them after being named uh, ins on uh, on the Thursday night, and then. When we finally get there, they get asked Why, when we have emergencies, do we need an extended bench at all? Answer that question for me.
0: Well, I'm actually on your side with this. This has been a a thorn in my side for quite a while, but it's interesting that you've brought this up now, and I've never really heard you rant even just over Messenger about the extended bench, but it comes on the back of James Jordan being dropped (laughs) from being on the extended bench. Are you saying this is firmly in your sights because it affects you finally?
2: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. But... I think it has affected all of us at some point in time, uh, but, but certainly this weekend it was uh, it was detrimental to my to my side and my hopes. Now James Jordan, now I won't go on about James Jordan for too much, but 101 points last week, 22, 23 touches, eight marks, three tackles, and a goal, and gets dropped. Okay, fantastic. But the extended bench, I just don't understand it. I don't I don't see a need for it. It needs to go. Get it off.
0: Regan, you wouldn't care too much about the extended bench because all of your players would be first named, you'd assume?
1: Well, it's funny you say that, but I did go through um, a real 24 to 48-hour state of depression uh, <laughs> prior to Round 2 when James Rowbottom, reigning third place best and fairest, was named on the extended bench for Sydney. not Knowing full well that he was most likely going to be rammed straight into the guts, but... Same deal. Like, why put people through that anguish of having your big guns um, who are averaging 71 on the extended bench and you have to go through that 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 period of despair? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Norman here. It's a, it's a joke.
0: Nah, it, it is a joke. And it sounds silly, but I would say over the last, and I don't know just because it's become bigger in our lives, but fantasy itself has probably grown in the last two or three years, I guess, as a competition across Australia and AFL fantasy is becoming increasingly popular and this affects that sort of stuff. So as much as, you know, the, the AFL, I guess, rules and regulations want to keep the extended bench, it's pissing off a lot of your fans. So why, why are you keeping it when, realistically, those teams are actually selected on Thursday night and they're not going to change? That's right. And yeah, I think, and- you know,
2: the AFL at the moment has a class action against them for concussion. I think there's another one coming from me <laughs> and the other fantasy players affected by the extended bench. Um, we'll get together. We'll get the lawyers on board and... And the afl can expect to hear from them
0: well it's a mental health issue so i agree
2: <laughs> mm, absolutely
1: um yeah and i know that i don't want to take this podcast to a serious place to to make a serious comment it is actually pretty archaic of the afl not to acknowledge the fact that like we said a lot of people get a huge portion of interest out of playing fantasy or possibly even betting, not that they want to broadcast that. But, yeah, things like extended bench, but, old, like, above all else, the, the fucking buy rounds just create this absolute nightmare <laughs> situation for what's probably, what, a couple hundred thousand that play fantasy? Like, surely you want to keep them on side, keep them engaged with the game so that they might actually continue to go to games and spend money. Yeah, I, I, would, I would have thought that it would just make sense to fucking do the split round, get rid of the extended bench and just look after people a bit more.
0: The three of us agreeing on uh, something is pretty rare, so it must be a pretty universally hated concept for that to happen. That was get him off of the week. Lockie, thanks for stepping in for JR. We really appreciate it. We're going to move with a pretty quick pace throughout this podcast. So let's get into the games for round four. Some big results, one in particular, which I'm sure, Regan, I'm going to let you get your teeth stuck into a little later on, but we'll save that for, I guess, towards the end of the podcast. We want to keep people listening. Let's start at the very top, which is my game versus the co-host who hasn't showed up for two weeks. Not sure if anything uh, should be read into that in terms of the co-host that I have uh, didn't show up the week before our game and hasn't showed up the week after. But the revolving doors, sixteen oh nine, big score from me. I'm gonna try and talk myself up as much as possible. Defeat the collective mind, galaxy brains, fourteen fifty four. In what was actually a closer game than what it looks like on paper. Obviously, I had a uh, first-hand viewing experience, but Rowan Marshall was on track for about 180 points at one stage. He was absolutely flying and then got subbed in the third quarter, and that sort of put a dent in JR's score, and then he had Connor Nash go off uh, with concussion in the second or third quarter. That basically ended the game. So it should have been closer than what it looks like. I think I probably still would have had enough to get over the line, but, yeah, definitely uh, flattered the, uh, I guess, percentage total even though that we're not really looking at that this year um shout out to will day who's now caught with two-day suspension you enjoy your rest uh, sorry two week suspension you enjoy your rest young king another 100 for him uh andy and Took doing their normal thing and charlie Kerno going massive have a look a listen to some of these names because this will just probably anger both of you mitch owens 121 Jaden hunt 99 and then Harry Sheasel, who has quickly become the most important fantasy player to ever play the game, 121. Any thoughts on uh, our game before we move on?
2: Well, I think firstly that I think 1454 is about where JR's at. I think he massively overperformed last week. And I think off the back of blokes like Sheasel, which are just pure ass picks. I mean, I'm, I'll give him credit. Mitch Owens was a good get, a, a relative unknown. Um, so, So credit to him there. Uh, blokes like Shoal dropping the 100 last week and, <laughs> you know, you just can't expect that sort of thing. So, I, th- I think that's about where JR's at.
1: Um, no, nothing, nothing too much extra. I just want to uh, let the listeners know who will be listening to this on delay and know this anyway, but uh, Harry Mackay has been cleared, free to play Ooh. Uh, for great in, in big news, but uh, the, the, probably the main point that I'll make on the back of yours and JR's game, Dallin, is uh, the fact that on, I think, Friday, I placed a bet with NormBet. <laughs> and uh, it happened to be a bet on you, and it was a winning bet, $10 on yourself at $1.50, uh, to which NormBet decided that I was banned retrospectively, which is rather convenient. Uh, so I should be $15 up on NormBet for the year. However, I'm only 10 because he's refusing to pay me the $5. And the one thing that two of you now have in common is both of you owe me uh, <laughs> I owe me either money or beers from bets that you have not paid. Yours, Darlan, is now had the one-year anniversary. So the only real takeaway from that game is now that the two of you both owe me um, significant spoils on the back of, well, for you, Darlan, your good performance this year and your terrible performance against me last year. So that that's that's bringing the league into disrepute. I would
2: I would suggest. Well, I think Dylan, you know, your actions are indefensible uh you definitely need to pay up but in terms of, of uh norm bet we have a very firm policy we're, we're guided by a number of legislative acts that we need to um adhere to including that if you shit on our odds you get fucking banned uh, and you were banned and about a, about a month ago i think i actually um draw, uh, bumped that back up in the chat so you actually got a bet off on me under ban last week and i've paid out so uh, I think you've um, you've done well. You've been quite sneaky there. But no, you will not be being paid for this one and you are still banned until you're nice to me. Look, uh, the being nice to you is never going to happen. So I'll, I'll die before <laughs> I get that $5 off
1: you if that's stipulation of it. But I'll have to go back in the group chat and find it. But I am 99% sure I posted the bet slip and you thumbs up the bet slip, which to me would imply that you approved it uh, with the thumbs up. So I think... Uh, This may need to go to the quadruple AFL tribunal to be resolved and probably cost us tens of thousands of dollars in legal fees. But it's about the
0: principle, is it not? Before you answer that, Lockie, I'm just going to say that when Regan says that he will die over $5 and not apologise, I (laughs) I truly believe
2: it. I do believe that too. Uh, And quite frankly, I just uh, forgot that he was banned. Um, I haven't forgotten Jono's banned but I did forget about Reagan. I didn't expect him to, to sink to the level that he has this year. So it's kind of, I didn't think that was him, but, uh, but here we are and he is banned. I can't feel
1: that, I, I can't help but feel that the ban is for one reason only. And that is the fact that I'm absolutely fucking skewering Normbet this year. Two from two, two max bets in a row. Um, there's there's only so many losses that that Davies can throw up to, to support my victories. Although Davies has taken you for a nice little thirty dollar collect on the weekend too. So he did, uh, yeah, look, he's, he's the, out half halfway back. In, I I understand that we were going to keep this brief, and we've spent fifteen minutes <laughs> on one game talking, not even about the game. So I'm gonna yeah, uh, I'm calling. I'm you. gonna leave it there. But you you both know that you're uh, you're a pair of low dogs, and you owe me beers and money.
0: I'm calling it. That's time. Uh, you can take your normal bet chat to the group chat. And we're moving on. The doors go to three and one and JR Collective Mine. And Galaxy Reigns go to two and two. Regan, you're up next. You just had a big rant, but I'm gonna get, throw it over to you to talk about your game. You defeated Jared Presbury 1571 to 1526.
1: Go for it. Uh yeah, look big. Big performance from, from Prez by by far his highest score of the year, I reckon by 100 points. So, yeah, some, some you know, some day cross brilliance, tonne from Draper, tonne from Myers, tonne from Rayner, near tonne from Ainsworth, near tonne from Clark. You know, I, I don't feel for him the fact that he lost McCartney and Crozier early to subs because he just pulled some stuff absolutely out of his ass. And even, I mean, on my side, had Cameron go large, but it was... Chopping up his direct opponent of Sicily, who scored fifty-one, which was miserly from him. So uh, I, I think I've thrown up another solid score. I think I'm sitting second for points scored overall, still miles behind Dean, obviously. But um, yeah, look, another another side has pushed me. Another side has fallen short. Um, what else can you say? It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to hard to catch me.
0: I used up all my I Beat Regan credits last week in the pod, but I should have saved a couple of them because I didn't realise that you were going to be on this one for an extended period of time. But you're not unbeatable, and it was proven last week, and you put up a good score this week. Well done. But at the end of the day, you are 3-1, and one, which is the same record of about four teams. So just check yourself slightly. Uh, Lockie. any thoughts on this game? No, good
2: showing from Prez. But, um, yeah, again, I can't see that continuing. Uh, I do have a question for Prez, and it's probably just one, it's a rhetorical question that he needs to deliberate, which is how long is he going to persist with with human luggage? Uh, And and Zach Butters as well, massively underperforming and uh, and stocks are falling. So uh, I do wonder how long they're going to stay there, and if not, going to be just uh, taking up space, I think.
0: It would be remiss of me not to be in his inboxes by the end of this podcast regarding human luggage and in the spirit of pass-around week, I, I can confirm that I uh, definitely am in the inbox of him. In fact, I was only messaging him about 15 minutes ago regarding Hugh. So let's see uh, what happens in that regard. Um, just recapping a couple of big scores. You mentioned Dacos. He ended up going 260 as captain. Daniel Rioli, 105. Brian Myers, 104. I to, to be honest with you, I switched off the Geelong game. But I'm assuming just everyone went absolutely bunter. Uh, against Hawthorne, and it was just one-way traffic, so that makes sense. But Sam Draper, 109. Like, uh, I don't want to agree with you, Regan, but pulling, like, scores out of his ass does seem to uh, be a feature of his team this week. Uh, were you worried at any stage?
1: Probably only slightly. I think I went into the game with two better players versus his two not-as-good players in Warplum. Myers. I was about 25 points up or something going into it. I reckon I stretched out in the second quarter to about 70 in front. And then he somehow got it back to about 38. And I was uh, I was a little bit concerned then. Sicily doing absolutely nothing. But then um, the uh, the rest is Jeremy Cameron history and he just went absolutely mental and put it to bed. Mind you, Jeremy Cameron, not once this year have I had either the C or the VC on him, which is interesting, possibly just when they play the games. And i if um, they play an earlier game I, I don't mind having the VC on him I don't know that he's the kind of player I want to put a C on because as much as he's as much as he's he's, he's got the got an him to go big like those those tall forwards have the tendency to rip out a 60 every now and then so but yeah just interesting my highest averaging player and have not even given it a thought
0: of captaining him yet oh you're so good wow um <laughs> <laughs> correct One last note to end on. Shout out to you. You finally got a serviceable Ruck score. I'm sure that won't continue, but of course you don't have any issues in the Ruck department, so you're all fine and we'll move on. Regan, you go to three and one. Presbury goes to two and two. Next game. Is the Gina Grinehart's 14-26 lose to Mad Jack Mike 15-81? Oh boy, where do we start? Let's go Grady first. Um, For all the hoopla that was surrounding Grady from preseason hype to round one win to now round four staring at one and three and semi-blowing up his team. Although with a pretty good trade this afternoon, there's a lot to be said, I think. So I don't know whether it's poor Grady. Toby Nankervis going down with a pretty serious uh, injury that required surgery. Jack Graham also pinged his hammy. That was an issue as well. But Regardless, I'm not sure it would have been enough to get over the line for the Mad Jacks, who have bounced back and posted a decent score of 1581, like I mentioned. Brady Grundy, uh, 123. Tim Taranto, going all right. Jake Stringer, <laughs> of all people, 101. Actually, now I look at this, this is just scores out of his ass. So, is what it is. Any thoughts on this game?
2: Yeah, look, there's a little bit on both sides of this game, isn't there? There really are some serious, serious concerns for. Grady's uh, continuance in the league, I think that has to be said. Um, uh, look, I, I think a spoon is looking a little bit more likely than we thought a couple of weeks ago. I'm um, just looking through this side: Nathan Wilson, 46; Blake Hardwood, 46; Elliot Yo, who was the great white hope for Grady, 52; Brady Hoff, who the fuck is Brady Hoff, 23. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a worry. And then with, with big big name cuts. Uh, yeah, I don't know where the scores come from, um, and then conversely, for Jono Chase Jones eighty nine, Mac Andrews sixty one, like Liam Stocker ninety, please.
1: Uh, I do have a, a nice little, nice little story about Brady Hoff too. Who um, I, I tried to go back and find it, I couldn't actually find it in writing. But Grady did make the comment to me that he had very high hopes that with <laughs> the injury woes of West Coast, Brady Hoff was going to have a fantastic little opportunity to go big in his side. Before ripping out a um, a highly respectable twenty three on the weekend, so look, I, I think with with Jono's side up until now there was some decent players, with some decent scores, and a bit of out the ar stuff. I think this week was just like absolute pure, utter out uh, the ar stuff. Agree. Grady's side is absolutely reaping the benefits of selecting players like yo like even bailey smith who everyone had a real there was just a cloud lingering over him he he i think has just made some some poor decisions and picked some players that others avoided because they were worried that they may not be there when the whip's cracking and lo and behold they are no longer there when the whips are
0: starting to crack don't want to make this the brady hoff podcast but i've just looked at his stats from the weekend. And I was thinking, with a score of twenty-three, he's either been subbed in or subbed out at some point. No, he's he's had eighty-five percent time on ground for uh, <laughs> seven touches and one mark. So Brady and Grady both need to lift.
2: Like you wonder 87 percent time on ground for twenty-three. Are you actively avoiding the football? <laughs> like how how, do, how does one score that? Oh, I don't know. It,
1: it does it does raise that age-old debate of, <laughs> or that. That's an age-old assumption that, fuck me, if I was out there, I could have scored more than 23, like <laughs> in 85% game time. You know, surely you're just going to shark a little soccer out the back through the big sticks and um, pull off a 25 or something like that. So, yeah, pretty, pretty piss ball from uh, both Brady and Grady.
0: Speaking of age-old debates, before we wrap up this game, I have a question for you. Currently sitting here at round four, who would you least like to be? Grady Hud, Adam Leach... Or James Davies?
2: That is tough. Uh, I think I'd like to be leechy He's about to go off on the trip of a lifetime. Yeah, so, true. Fantasy-wise. Uh, I, I think that's okay. Yeah. When, but then the other two, that's tough. I mean, Davies did get the chocolates on the weekend, but lives in fear uh, constantly <laughs> uh, for his own safety. So so that is a worry. So, I mean, maybe Grady. At least he has the potential to change things. So, yeah,
0: probably Gr- Grady. And Regan? Yeah, I was going to say
1: the same thing. Like, look, <laughs> Leach about to go on a fantastic holiday. Love to be in his position. Davy's enough said. Uh, look, I think that there's genuine claims. Leach Leach has got strong violin claims, no doubt about that. Davey's side, unfortunately, is perhaps going to continue to pull this shit out of his ass and be better than we thought. So there's claims that Grady is the, the worst side in the comp if looking at the ratio of, like, bad luck versus talent and drafting, I think he's almost the optimum mix of um, disappointment.
0: You never mix your words, do you? Grady Hard goes to one and three. The Mad Jacks somehow go to three and one. Mad Jacks are a weird team. That's what I'm going to end the well, this game on. They just they don't look likely, and then all of a sudden they look likely, and then just as quickly they go back to looking unlikely. So I don't know if that's going to be a theme throughout the year, but we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, next game... What was touted as the blockbuster, the Friday night game, when I put up the quadruple AFL fixtures in the group chat last week, uh, was Rainy or Parade versus Slippery Licorice. John Madison's Echo ended up losing this game thirteen eighty seven to John fourteen twenty six. Uh, a game where defense was highly regarded. Clearly, very strange not seeing Echo hit fourteen hundred, and the way John was traveling, not even going close to fifteen hundred. So, little interesting takeaway from that. Jordan Dawson is now performing like Jordan Dawson, which is a bit sad for me, but that's okay. Brad Crouch, as per normal, just doing what he does. Mason Wood, who we thought was going to be out for about four weeks and has miraculously made a return and dropped 100 for uh, Echo there. Didn't help that Tyler Brockman got subbed with 13, and Ben Long dropped the 30, and he also played <laughs> the entire game. And I'm pretty sure he was playing off halfback, so I'm not sure how that works when St. Kilda absolutely flogged Gold Coast, but is what it is. Flip side of things, John, big score, well, big-ish score from Luke Ryan. Uh, Liver was pretty good, and Toby Green dropping a ton, coming back to some form. Thoughts, anyone?
1: It's it's probably not damage control, I don't reckon, for Echo. I'm just looking inside, you know, Short will be back in a, a few weeks. Walsh is going to be back, which may have sort of a, a, an almost Duncan-like immediate effect like uh, Mitch Duncan had for, for Keefe. So it's, it's probably slightly concerning for Echo because he's had some primos go big here. I mean, he's had Andrews practically rip a ton, Wiedering practically rip a ton, Danaher, or did rip a ton, Danaher nearly a ton on 99. It's one of those ones where you, you look at his score and you go, how does that equal what it equals? Yeah. But then, yeah, the forward line, massive, massive concerns. And John, it's only going to get harder for him losing uh, Doherty. A few weeks too, so I don't know. We we maybe have uh, we maybe have been a little bit too bullish on on these two. Maybe they do set
2: a bit uh, more midfield than we thought. Who who knows? Yeah, I'd probably agree with most of what you've said there, especially when looking at the rainer score there. Just go, and you go, how like Dawson two forty eight? You know that's a massive score. Crouch one one twenty five Wood one hundred and two, and and only get thirteen eighty seven, but. There Are some stinking scores there, but I would think long term, I couldn't imagine Echo's too concerned with the bench that he's got there, the talent to come back. Uh, and I'd agree with, with the Doherty out hurts. And I'm looking now that I'm looking a little bit more closely at Gerv's team, John's team, there are some concerns. He was very hot on Switzkowski. Mm. Uh, I'm not so sure that's a long term thing. I'm a little bit worried about blokes like Aiden Kaur, <laughs> Zach Tui, <Toohey, laughs> uh, even. To, to some degree, uh, Jai Kolbe was not a known scorer, so maybe a few more questions than we thought. Yeah, yeah, that's it's funny. You have a loss and a low score, and the doubt comes, uh, but but less so for Echo. I think I think that's you can put this one down to a bad week.
0: Yeah, just looking at John's uh team, it's amazing that like, just what a loss does in terms of viewing a team differently. Because last week, I looked at this exact same team who dropped that monster score, and I went, oh, yeah, that'll be sustainable. You know, that's going to keep happening. This will keep happening. And now I'm looking at, like, Zach Bailey, 54. That happens more frequently than what we give credit for. Like you said, Switkowski, Swickou- uh, can't you say his name, Switter, 48, that's going to happen. Um, Jai Caldwell is so hot and cold, it's not even funny. In fact, he's averaging 63 at the moment. I just, yeah, maybe... Maybe John isn't as good as what we first thought, which is probably music to our ears um, because it looked like it was going to be a John Dean runaway one-two there for a stage.
2: Yeah, like, you know, John uh, John has been very quiet this week, uh, so maybe this is um, <laughs> <laughs> this loss has kind of shaken his confidence. I don't, I don't know.
0: You were trying to get the gag out and you are already laughing before you did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh echo moves to now two and two so not panic stations but thought it'd be a little more improved than that uh john goes to three and one but just uh yeah just a few indicators that things might not be all rosy at slippery licorice park we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with the last few games all right welcome back we are moving through this very efficiently, which is no less than what I expected. Working with you two, uh, we now are up to the Collie Wobbles versus censored fantasy football club. Collie Wobbles thirteen seventy three after a win from the previous week, they lose to Alex's team fourteen seventy six. Issues, issues, issues at the wobbles, and I think that was uh, highlighted by the. Opening of pass around where he's decided to immediately hit the blow up button on his team and actually make a pretty handy trade, which I'm sure we'll discuss very, very shortly. Uh, Alex is trucking along at 4-0. and o. Just really quickly, that what would they have been paying a Norm bet if we could have uh, had some odds on that, please, at the start of the year?
2: Well, I think he was maybe fourth or fifth uh, favourite for the spoon. So <laughs> that would have been pretty long. Uh, and even after the draft, I don't think anyone expected for no so yeah ten dollars let's say ten dollars if you can if you're allowed to bet of course
0: <laughs> yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't have paid out
2: winning bets anyway so
1: it's all hypothetical here
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right alex's team defense as normal doing well sinclair and lloyd will set a field 101 maybe we all as pissed off as we are about it, need to accept that this is the reality now, that Will Setterfield is a 95 to 105, somewhere around that range, average midfielder. Regan, can you accept that?
1: Yeah, I, I've I've not sort of bought into the, the Will Setterfield rage, as others have, but I guess I haven't been on the receiving end of a of a big ton from him yet. So, yeah, look, I I, I just worry about my side and I, I worry about our game, so I don't pay too much Attention to the will set of fields of, of the world. So, uh, yeah, I, I can take him or leave him. I'm not fast either
0: way. Yeah, you only care about your team and also whoever you're playing because they're just always pulling scores out of their ass and they're always overperforming against you. So, they're the only Correct. two teams you care about Correct. each week. Tim English, massive score, 153, uh, which is 306 as captain. Over to you, Lockie. Do you think now with Tim English sitting there, at an average of 129, quite clearly the standout ruckman in the competition, that he is now unattainable for you? Uh, no, I don't think
2: he's unattainable. Um, <laughs> I think he'll be difficult to get, but I, I don't think he's unattainable. Uh, I think it requires Alex to sit down with me at Ying Chow's and have a few Qingdao beers, and uh, we'll see where things take us. And that's on the table, Alex.
0: Be will see. We need to spend a bit of time on this, because he's recently blown this up. So he had... <laughs> He traded out his captain for the week, who actually performed pretty well. Zach Merritt, 111. And B was worse uh, to me where, oh, he's frustrating me. He's frustrating me. Zach Merritt is currently sitting at an average of 106 and has dropped a ton every single game <laughs> that he's played. So I don't know what's going on at the wobbles that your captain can cause you frustration. But yeah, that's saying something. Uh, Lockie Weller, 111. Very good. Keeping Constable well and truly out of that team. Saligo, 91. That would have to upset you a little bit there, Norman. Uh,
2: yeah, you know, yeah but he's hot and cold at the moment. He's a young player, um, and the trade was necessary. Uh, I needed a defender, so yeah, no, I still think it's a fair trade.
0: Ollie Wines, who has now moved out of Beebles' team, dropping a 48, which is concerning for Starcy but I would have assumed Starsi saw those uh, teal, black, and white colors and couldn't resist. Just a quick side note that trade who wins, and do you think that uh, it's a Big win for whoever does.
1: What was the what was the summary of the trade again? I'm 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 losing track. There's too many fucking like big ones being dropped left, right, and centre.
0: Yep, I can uh, I can confirm that through it uh, for you due to the quadruple AFL media hub, which is our group chat uh, media files. It is uh, Zach Merritt, Ollie Wines, and Nick Newman to Starcy for Rory Laird, George Hewitt, and Liam Duggan.
1: Yeah, I I would say, I mean, I'm quite inclined to tip it in the favour of Stasi just because of the George Hewer element. That's the one that probably is a little bit dicey. Like, I don't know that Wines', is, Wines is scoring is iffy because of, like, position or injury or anything. I think it's just form, whereas Hewer, I'm not sure whether he's, like, 100%. I'm not sure whether his, his role... You know, might chop and change a little bit just that midfield dip, depth there. So, but at the same time, I think Bewell's taken a, a calculated risk in getting Laird in there because, I mean, we all saw what Connor Rosie did last year, much to my disgust. So, if Lady <laughs> somehow starts ripping out one thirties, maybe that extra twenty average or fifteen or whatever each week as captain score, as opposed to merit, um, might might get Bewell back on the on the track to some success.
2: Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those hindsight 2020 trades. Um, Just looking at, uh, you know, I'll probably be inclined to agree with Regan a little bit. I feel a little bit more confident about Zach Merritt, Nick Newman, and Ollie and and George. And they're probably on par. I'm a bit worried about, you know, Walsh coming back. George uh, spent a bit of time out the midfield, which is not like, if we recall, we only have to look back two years ago when Hewitt was at the Swans and he's dropping 40s and 50s playing out the midfield. So if that happens, that's a bit of a worry. Uh, and Duggan, I mean Duggan can go big but he, he can be a little bit inconsistent but yeah, it, I think it, it is going to depend if Lairdy gets back to Lairdy but the thing you do know about Zach Merritt is he, he does it every week so yeah, possibly uh, possibly looking towards uh, Stasi for the win in that one at this stage but we'll wait and see
0: I was initially in favour of B. Will in this trade but the docketing News uh, today has not tipped it in Stassi's favour, but definitely levelled it out because I think Nick Newman now becomes a primo defender for at least the next six weeks, and then who knows beyond that. Uh, just a quick side note on uh, Stassi and his, what I was initially calling shitting the bed panic trade with Rory Led. He messaged me maybe 30 minutes before that deal went through and was asking me from a Crows fan's perspective what, he, what he's seen about Led and, you know, has his role changed? You know, has he been getting tagged? And then my last piece of advice to him, not knowing that there was a trade in the in the going, was I probably would keep him if I were you because he is Rory-led. And then <laughs> no less than 25 minutes later, he's blown up his team, which isn't that bad, while waiting for Max Gorn to come back. So I'm inclined to say he probably did shit the bed a little bit there. Yeah, Oh,
2: look, we, we all know that there was some pretty, uh, pretty large Panic Station uh, sort of vibes going on with Stasi uh, behind the scenes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'd be I'd be inclined to agree with you there as well.
1: Is there is there anything that brings more more joy to the lead than a panicked Stasi? I, I don't think there is. I think that the, I mean pe- people people trying to tout me as the the villain, but on a pe- people have long memories, and I think that that lingering just disgust for the pure lack of injuries that Stasi saw a couple years ago still has him firmly in the crosshairs of, of everyone in the league.
0: Let's hold the Stassi talk because his game is up next and I'm sure we are going to spend probably longer than what we have on any other game on that matchup. But the Collie Wobbles unfortunately, go to 1-3, and three, but they've made some moves to get things going. Let's hope they get a win this week. And Alex, say it every week, but who would have thought goes to 4-0? and oh, Surely, surely, and I'm not sure who he's playing, the run has to end this week.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I, I think, and you know, this is the the prevailing view in the group chats that spiderweb our league, uh, that the fall is coming, and it's going to be hard. Look, I kind of hope it's a team English ACL, but you know, in any form of fashion, it is going to come, and it'll be interesting to see what happens to those graphics and those pizzas when it does.
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on because the man we were discussing during the other game, which is hilarious in itself, had a loss on the weekend. So he, he lost and he dropped a pretty good score. But that's not the talking point of this game. The talking point of this game is the person he lost to. Now, this person was called uh, the worst drafter that's ever drafted in the history of footy. And then he, <laughs> he has ended up dropping a sixteen oh one to beat Starcy by one point. And that man is James Davies of The Basics. Oh, come on! I won't even get into the players. Can you talk to me about this game because we were following this probably more closely than our own games uh, towards the end of Monday afternoon?
1: Yeah, I when I, when I look at this game, like I, I've I've thrown some shade at Davies. I'm 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 not going to lie. You know, I've 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 had some things to say about him, but uh, I do also strongly dislike Stars after beating him in the Grand Final two years ago. So. Look, when 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 those when those two sixteen underscores turned from blue to black on Monday afternoon, it uh it churned up memories of, you know, some of history's great moments like the end of World War II, 1967 referendum passing, um, even the fall of the Berlin Wall. I mean, big, joyous occasions for, for millions of people. And I couldn't help but uh I couldn't help but feel like stars are getting done by a point by Davies kind of was was akin to those in in the joy that it brought to uh, many many people of all different creeds and uh, backgrounds <laughs> all, all over the world. So uh, yeah, no, that that's that's
2: probably all all I would say on that one. Uh, yeah, look at the the, um, the basics. That uh, was it. Did Stasi refer to that as the greatest forward line score ever?
0: He referred to it as a lot of things, and he, <laughs> he yeah yeah you go. <laughs>
2: Yes, well, Charlie Cameron, 119, that's not going to happen too often. And Jack Higgins, was that a scrap heap pickup for 124?
0: Scrap heap pickup for Jack Higgins because I had him the week before last and he dropped the 31, Davies picked him up. And this might go to your theory, Regan, that whatever Davies touches in the free agent pile turns to gold. So first two weeks, score of 51, I had him for a score of 31, and then he's dropped a 90 and 114 as soon as he's playing for the basics. So that probably lends to your theory. Yeah, I,
1: I think it's undeniable now that there's been some absolute, uh, f- absolute scrappy shit pulled out the arse for for Davies. But um, at the end of the day, this, this league is a marathon, not a sprint, and I, I, I think that everyone in the league has kind of developed a real confidence around the fact that people who pull out these scores from random shit. Don't uh, don't win in the long run. So as annoying as it is, and it, I mean it's only really infuriating when you're on the receiving end of it. It's kind of a little bit funny to watch others uh, succumb to it, but I don't think anyone's too too worried about Davies because the the core of his team is still absolutely steaming pile. So I, I think I think we're okay. I don't think I don't see him being a final threat or a threat a threat in general for just about anything other than being broken into. <laughs>
0: Can one or both of you comment on Stasi's mental state over the weekend? Because we're in a pretty tight-knit group chat with him. And speaking of roller coasters, this was just a one-way down roller coaster that doesn't really come to a nice stop. It just crashes into a burning heap. And that's exactly how he sort of acted throughout the weekend. So anyone want to comment on that?
2: Well, I actually, I didn't follow this game that closely. Maybe as, as closely as I should have, because like I'm sure you were the same, Regan. We just assumed... That Stasi would beat Davies, as as most would. I think he was quite confident leading leading into that Monday game, uh, off the back of probably Tim Kelly's monster score there. But uh, and you know, rightfully so, I think the emotion started to swell a little bit as as time went on.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to have a look.
2: I look through the group chat here and see if I can find any
1: um any any humorous little little vignettes from Stasi, but it's pretty much all just. The, the ranting of a fucking madman who just <laughs> knows that he's about to be uh, on on the receiving end of nothing but disdain from the from the league. So no, nah, look, uh, just funny funny stuff and another fantastic little little, little story, little moment, uh, which probably a presentation night will feature surely in our top five moments of the year. One would imagine yeah. right up there for
0: me. And what capped it off so perfectly was. I guess, the result of the game itself in terms of how close it was and the moment at the end of the game that could have swung it the other way and didn't in terms of wow. Carl, Carl Amon <laughs> had a plus six, which brought it back to the one point that you see in front of you now in black riding. And then he also had the opportunity because he butchered the kick. It came straight back to him and he fumbled it and <laughs> didn't get a stat and that sealed Stasi's fate, so... Just very joyous, like the entire experience from a neutral perspective, especially a neutral perspective who's won their own fantasy game already and didn't have to worry about anything to watch it unfold. It was, uh, it was one of the better Sundays I've had in a while. Fantastic result for the basic. You go to one and three. You probably achieve your first win maybe 15 games sooner than what I thought you would. Stasi also goes to one and three trading away always good players, uh, pressure dialed up to 100. And I would say, Norman, you received quite a few votes last week for the most under-pressure coach uh, from uh, an array of fantasy members. And I would say now, given that you won on the weekend and Stassi didn't, that could be flipping slightly.
2: Yeah, look well, this this year, that uh, we've spoken about this. I think because it's such an even league, uh, the needle of the pressure gauge will be pointing to different from people each week, I think. Um, and it's starts turn.
0: Let's go to the last game we'll discuss in depth because I have Dean on to talk about his game. But it is your match, Lockie Norman. James Heard immunity, 1395. Defeat dyslexia untied Adam Leach, 1313. Not going to say too much. I'm just going to throw it straight over to you. Talk about your game.
2: This was a disappointing game. Um, it's one of those ones where you come Way of the wind, but you're a bit deflated, like you're you seeing the song without a lot of gusto. And look, I felt that I was going to lose, and it, because it was Leechy, I, I was I was kind of happy enough uh, with that loss. I'd much prefer that than to pretty much everybody else in the league um, to lose to Leechy. But yeah, there were some pretty pretty disappointing scores that occurred across the weekend after you know a reasonable start. But you know the James Jordan omission really hurt me, and that made me make a. Bit of a rash decision to to drop uh, Jermaine Jones, who was swooped on by B-Will and dropped an eighty odd, uh, and I've left Santi on, who scored a fifty five. But I mean, probably at the end of the day, what really hurt me was was the Mills seventy seven with the C. Um, but that game was just a stinking fantasy one. Also had Rosie with a seventy one, Park eighty nine was probably okay, but um, yeah, a, a lot of blokes. I think I counted seven. Of the blokes on the field that um, had their lowest scores for the year, all in one week. So, um, yeah, look, the first first three weeks, results didn't go my way a couple of times, but the scores were okay. This was a bit of a bit of a disappointing round, but um, I'm just hoping that the blokes have got their bad ones out of the way. Now we'll um, we'll resume and with uh, pass around in full swing, I can't imagine that uh, the, the side will look the same uh, this weekend.
0: Just gonna flip it over to Adam Leach really quickly. Uh, Luke McDonald and Dangerfield, who are involved in that Tommy Stewart trade, both doing really well for the second week in a row. There are genuine claims that Leachy wins that trade, even with the the Tom Stewart doing a Jesus-like miracle of healing healing his leg uh, within a week after given four weeks by the Geelong medical staff. But doing okay considering um, a few injury uh, results not going his way. He's still got Jack Steele on the bench. He's nursing Jared Lyons still, and he keeps racking up like 45 touches in the VFL, but I don't know how he gets a game in this team, so not sure how uh, long he can keep that up. What killed Leachy was Dylan Moore as well. So you both had terrible captain scores this week. Dylan Moore, 132 as the captain. That is atrocious, and if that goes, oh, even if he scores, I don't know, like a, a 90-ish, I think he goes pretty close to winning, yeah, give or take. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm concerned for G's team. He is jetting off to Europe on tomorrow, actually, and if you thought his team was neglected now, wait till he's in the middle of Europe doing absolutely anything but fantasy-related things. Any concerns for his team, Regan? Uh, yeah, oh,
1: look, there's there's... There's just an endless list of concerns for leach's team but they've been well publicized. I I think I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how well he can um, attend to his side while he's overseas and I think we probably as a as a league the executive need to sit down and and come up with some guidelines around uh trading with leach over the next couple of months because uh, I can see him ending up in a position where he's just absolutely no threat whatsoever. And some questionable trades being being made, um, especially given he's going to be in quite a vulnerable state. <laughs> so the next few weeks, due to some uh, recreational activities. No, nah, look, it's it's not Leech's year. It'll be uh, it'll be all the more all the more satisfying, all the more joys for the league when he pulls off a, a Leicester City type uh, grand final victory. All these years. All these years later, after after many years of suffering, this one, unfortunately, another one.
0: Norman, somehow, you go to two and two after borderline talking, blowing your team up to me uh, towards the end of last week. Would you say that's a pretty okay result given how you started the year? Or are you thinking that's probably a true reflection of where your team's at?
2: I think, no, I think that's a pretty true reflection. Um, I think the one against... Uh, Against Leech, uh sorry, against uh, Dean. Didn't expect to get that win, but then I did expect to get the one against uh, Alex. So, and the subs there hurt me. So yeah, I think two and two is where we're at. I think I've said in uh, a couple of group chats that I, I don't think this is a team at the moment that wins it. I think this is a team that um, that makes finals. Yeah, there's there's a movement to be made, and and you boys know me. There'll be there'll be moves made,
0: especially on this uh, holiest of all weeks. Dyslexia untired. Are winless, I don't see where they're getting a win from anytime soon. It may be in the Adam Bowl potentially, which is uh this week, and we'll talk about that in our tips very, very shortly. But yeah, very, very big concerns for Leach. Norton four. Lockie. You're two and two, well done. The last game, which we won't discuss in any detail because Dean has uh, already done that for us, which is fantastic of him, but it is a league record score for Jake Dean Ashenden of 1836 beating sneaky jellyfishes fifteen oh four. Only thing I want you to comment on is that score. Go.
1: As much as it's an unbelievable score, and it is an unbelievable score, we've seen that everyone can come back crashing down to earth this year. There's been a lot of ups and downs. So uh look, Ominous ominous signs and puts him very much in the box seat for, for most points uh across the year. But um yeah it's not it's not over and the
2: flag's not his yet, but he's looking good. Normally. Yeah, I'd say the same. I mean, as long as you've got Clary, uh, that lock and, was set and forget rather, uh, a captain every week, uh, you, you're going to be posting good scores. But I, you know, I'm just scrolling through now and it could have been bigger. The 95 Allen on the bench, uh, just 46. And a, a another, so Hayward and uh, Himmelberg, 59s on the field. So that could easily have been um, a, a solid 1900. So yeah, it's a bit of a scary one, but uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine that. It's one of those ones says lightning in a bottle rounds where everything goes right. Um, but, yeah, Dean looking good.
0: And that concludes our round four review. We're going to take a short break. We'll come back with our tips, and we will see you very shortly. Welcome back. Let's get into the games for round five. We're going to start at the top. My game, Revolving Doors, play Jared Presbury. Not going to offer my tip first for this one because I like to get our uh, co-host, our guest, guests on the podcast to uh, have an unbiased view. So over to you. Let's go Lockie first.
2: Uh, look, I think you'll get it done. Um, Will Day out-hurt you a little bit. Uh, what's Ryan Burton's status at the moment, Dylan?
0: Uh, allegedly, according to uh, Port Adelaide superfan Stacy Dimku, straight back in the team this week. So hopefully he'll just do okay. not a straight swap, but a, a relatively okay swap for Will Day.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think he'll get it done, but... Um... Yeah, I think uh, Spooners might have a couple out. I can't imagine that Crozier or McCartan will play. They're not really covered at this stage. No, I'll tip you there. Agreed. Going to go with
1: you. I, I don't see Prez cracking too many 1500s this year, and I think you've got um, got one in here every, every few weeks. So, yeah, I'm going with you.
0: And naturally, I'll go with myself. Also, next game is Collective Mind Galaxy Brains, JR versus Mad Jack Mike Jono, the Battle of Golden Grove. I am going to probably tip Jono actually. I think he is starting to show some consistent enough scores to get the job done. And I just don't know where JR's team lies at the moment. So, Jono for me. Regan. I, I don't know. I
1: don't know why, but as soon as I looked at this matchup and I looked at the. I just glanced at the teams, my mind went JR. So I'm going to go with an upset. I don't know why, I just have a a feeling. I think JR is the kind of person who lifts for big occasions and (laughs) we've got gather round, we've got pass around and we've got the Battle of Golden Grove. It's it's just all happening. I reckon the uh, collective mind galaxy brains
2: get up for this one. Well, I'm not sure who's in control of JR's team at the moment. He can't get up for the pod. I'm not sure <laughs> if he has the ability to to you know, effectively loophole. Um, that being said, I don't like Jono. Uh, I don't want him to win. And so I'm going to tip JR. Yeah,
0: it's a very, very, uh, very good statement. Sorry, a very accurate statement is what I should say. Uh, tipping with your, your head and not your heart, clearly. Let's go to next game. DVTT, Regan plays slippery licorice. John, Regan, you can go last in this one. Norman, you can actually go first.
2: Oh Yeah, look after John last week. We've got some queries on his song. Uh, Doherty out and and some some, just some question marks over some of the blokes on the field there. So uh, I'll begrudgingly say that I think Regan will win. I actually think he'll win pretty comfortably this weekend.
0: I think there was even probably room for improvement in your team last weekend, Regan, with the Sicily score and so on. Unfortunately, I think you do beat John this weekend. You go to four and one and I'm guessing without probably having to ask you, you will be tipping yourself.
1: You would be correct, yes.
0: Next game, Gina Greinhart's Grady Hard play, the four and O. Alex McKenzie. I'm not tipping an upset here because I don't think Grady has the cattle for it. But he's made a couple of moves, and I think he'll make it probably one or two more before this game takes place to probably make it closer than what it looks. And I just think Alex at some point needs to drop an almighty shit score, so it could be this round. But in saying that, I will tip Alex Regan.
1: I mean, if if Grady didn't have Nant go down, and um, you know there was a, cu- a couple couple more things going in his favor, I wouldn't be opposed to an upset. But I just I, I don't see Alex going super big. He's only one one sort of average score from from English away from a dud one. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think Grady's got the capacity to get up. Even if Alex only drops to 1,400, I think that's probably going to be enough.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'd be inclined to agree there. Look, Alex has reminded me a little bit. Do you remember back in, I think it was the, it might have been the mid-2000s when North Melbourne went 10-0 and because they had a really soft draw? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I think distinctly the, that's medicine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm getting a lot of that from Alex, and I, I think he'll win this one just because I just yeah, there, there's just a few too many holes in Grady's side at the moment. But you're right, one one poor English score away. Look, it it could be raining this weekend. Um, is against English is against the the fearsome ruck combination of Lightfoot and Finlayson, so you never know. Um, but I I can't see him getting rolled. I'll, I'll go with
0: Alex. Next game, Rainier parade, coming off a loss plays the man himself, Danger Club, Stasi Dimku. Regan, you can go first.
1: Yeah, this is uh this is this is a bit of a tricky one actually to pick. I think it's almost a it's almost a flip of coin. Um I I think I'll probably go to I'll probably go with the Rainers, but there's no real reasoning behind that other than um my just ongoing dislike for Stasi. So let's go with the Rainers. <laughs>
0: and that says a lot because you have an ongoing dislike of echo as well.
1: Yeah that is that is that is true. Uh, and I feel like if there's there's one thing that brings us all together as a as a league is the fact that we all just fucking desperately hate each other's guts. So <laughs> that's that that that's something that, that tears us tears us apart but makes us more more common with one another than we might like to admit.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this the the Siblaki bowl between the two Greeks. But I, I actually I think Stasi will do this easy. Um Ooh. I think at the moment man, Rainers are um Rainers are battered. That I don't think that score last week will be a one off. I think that he's probably another week away from uh maybe if Walsh comes back, but you yeah, know, there's a couple of blokes there There might even be question marks about playing this week. Uh, and and Stasi's score was, was big and I think he's I actually think he's improved his team for this week. So um yeah, I'm gonna go Stasi by by hundred plus.
0: Wow. Not what I was expecting. I'm more leaning towards Regan's flip of a coin. Don't know who will win. I will probably say... I'm actually I'm looking at Jaden Short, and I'm not sure if he's available this week. That'll probably determine, for some weird reason, who I tip. But I'm going to say Echo on the proviso that Jaden Short plays, and if not, then I'm going to go Stasi. But if you press me for an answer, it's Echo.
1: It would be a, a real um, big dick move for, from you, Darwin, to tip the draw. And for that to come off,
0: fuck it, let's do so, it. Yes. I'm tipping the draw. Actually, that's a great call. 50 can <laughs> Can't can't break him. It's going to be a draw this week, and I might even put a bet on. What what, bet
1: are the, what are the norm? Yeah, what are the norm bet odds on on draw? I mean, surely given an AFL games about fifty-one to one, and it's about hundred a piece. Like we're looking at what five hundred one to one
2: for the draw. Oh, we, you don't have to worry about nor odds, mate. So next
0: game. I'm not banned, so oh, I,
1: I can I, I can still passionately barracks for other people to take you down
2: though, uh,
1: which I'm very
2: happy to do. You have
1: now, to look.
0: I'd, I'd probably
2: I'd give twenties twenties for a draw. Twenties
0: oh, for a draw. 20s. Jesus Christ.
2: Oh, oh oh oh. Okay, you fund it, boys.
0: You're not funding it though. You we're funding it because you keep taking. Well, some of James our money is funding and, it. <laughs> yeah, you... yeah. James Davies is funding
2: it. <laughs> He's putting my kids through college. <laughs> You also <laughs>
1: you also are uh, unashamedly fucking stealing from me as well, which is helping to fund it
2: just quietly.
0: No, I refunded you. We have four minutes until Zoom kicks us off, so we need to speed through these games. Collie Wobbles play the Keefies. Uh, there's just no way. I love you, B-Will, and we hope that you can get up this weekend because uh, one and three is just not where we thought you'd be at this stage, but Keefies are just a juggernaut at the moment, so Keefies for me.
2: Yeah, I, I can't see any way, uh the Wobbles go here at, um, yeah, the, the Roseworthy Bowl. <laughs> it's a real rivalry around this one. Um, <laughs> I, I was interested in uh, the fact that they're not choosing each other's captains this year. And I wonder who initiated the let's not choose each other's captains this year. Got a feeling it might, it might be Dean. But, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a shame that they break from tradition. But I think either way, I couldn't see uh, Dean losing this one.
0: I'll add to that, Norman. I'm in the group chat with them where they decided not to to do the captain option this year. And it was actually B-Will that brought it up as an option, first of all, I believe. And I encouraged Dean to not do it because I think he's a very good shot of winning those points for this year and actually cost him a uh, a title of most points for in 2021 against Darcy So I think for his sake and for the $100 or whatever you get for it, he should not do that. So uh, anyway, Regan, your tip?
1: Uh, yeah, Dean, obviously.
0: Next game. Basics, play you, Lockie Norman, you go last, uh, James Heard immunity. I am pretty comfortable in tipping you to go three and two and get your season well and truly back on track. There is no way Davies pulls another sixteen hundred out of his ass, Regan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, agreed. It's 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 pretty humorous how, how happy we are just to fucking ride off James Davies after ripping a 1601. But um agreed. Don't see it happening again. I reckon this is gonna be a sort of like a race to fourteen fifty wins at this this
2: game. Uh I'm a little bit less confident. I think last week has shaken me a little bit of that score, even though we got the win. If James Jordan doesn't get picked again, it, it causes another bit of a section headache for me. So yeah, I'd I'd, I'd like to say me, but um I'm I'm not as confident. Um but I'm certainly pretty confident that Davies has scored sixteen hundred.
0: <laughs> Aren't we all? Uh, last game, sneaky jellyfishes play dyslexia untied. The European vacation dyslexia untied. Schmidt just all over the shop. A nice score on the weekend of fifteen hundred. Couldn't get the win, obviously, in that record score. But you don't know if he's going to drop a thirteen fifty or a fifteen fifty. I still think he's got enough there to comfortably see off lychee in the Adam Bowl. Uh, Regan, you're next.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can see. I can see Schmidt getting a a real bad, like copying a real bad captaincy score and Leach somehow pulling one out, although he's, he's got really poor captaincy options, but if, you know, if, if Leach pulls out a big captain score, Schmidt pulls out a poor one, maybe a sneaky chance of Leach getting up, good opportunity for him, but,
2: um, I, I can't tip him. Go up Schmidt. Uh, yeah, I, I still think Sarong has performed okay with the captaincy for Schmidt, but I'm not exactly sure if that continues. So that's always a worry for him. Um, but I think you'll get the job done here at Adam Bowl 9. Uh, so Schmidt adjust.
0: Uh, thank you for your tips. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap up after this. Welcome back. Before we wrap up, I neglected uh, Regan before when I said that only Lockie had a get him off segment, but very sheepishly in the break, Regan came to me and said, I've got to get him off. There's something that's on my mind and, I really need to at least before the end of the podcast just get it off my chest. So, Regan, get him off segment. What's yours?
1: Yeah, look, I, I thought it would be remiss of me not to uh, not to throw in my ten cents worth for a, for a get him off, given that the the weather has been a a uh, constantly referred to subject for for get him off, and I know you shit canned the Brisbane weather a few weeks ago. Mm. Look, we've got an absolute mover and shaker Premier who was essentially declared the the winner on, on election night before the, the, the voting slips even hit the bottom of the ballot box, and rightly so, because he's an absolute weapon. But he shit-canned Sydney for the amount of rain that they copped there and the amount of times that we see the Sydney test rained out, washed out, only for the football world to descend on Adelaide this weekend for gather round. And it is going to absolutely fucking hose down for three days straight with the exception of the the Thursday night game. It is going to be an absolute mare. It is going to be a, a boggy hill. We've got a game in the Adelaide Hills who uh, those grounds get, get shut down pretty much every season for about a month. So it's going to be an absolute bog look disappointing but at the same time it's going to be fascinating to see no roof no marvel uh and nine games at least eight of the nine games i think happened in some pretty shit conditions so interesting but also very annoying because i'm going to be standing on the hill probably getting out on friday night so my my get him off this week is is the rain for gather round
0: the rain is is an issue. I'm also concerned about the Saturday because the more I think about that Friday night, I think there's going to be at least six to seven quadruple AFL coaches on that hill with their partners. We've already booked a pre drink place, we've already uh, booked a post drink place. So I really think that the weather is probably the least of our issues that weekend, being all of us, well, I'm almost 30 next month or the month after. You guys are already 30, and we know uh, how much of an issue hangovers can be at the moment.
2: Uh, well, hangovers are an issue for some. Uh, my uh, paid, <laughs> paid
0: partnership with Hydrodol.
2: Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll give a little sprig for them. Uh, grab some Hydrodol, boys. Take two before you start. Uh, take two in the middle. Good as gold. Uh, but yeah, I completely agree with Regan in terms of the rain. It's it's going to be three days of slop. And uh, we, yeah, we would be hoping to see um, some good quality footy here and, and sun and, and you know, show off the Barossa Valley and and our beaches and such but uh well, alas not to be the way- I-
0: is
1: is there is is there a genuine possibility though that that the pre-drinks just merge into the post-drinks and no one even bothers going to the football because i mean if we if we're sitting if we're looking at the radar and we walk outside and the only way to get to the football is across the footbridge and it's fucking Going absolutely sideways, then I I can promise you right now, especially given that we've got about six partners in tow who will probably all be doled up to the nines to go and, you know, get shit thrown at them on the hill. There, there's no way we're crossing that footbridge if she's hosing down. Like we're just turning around and we are, we're just going to drink and watch, watch the shit show on TV, aren't we?
0: Well, the issue is we're going to the district. That could be a get them off segment in the future, actually, but we are going to the district, which has, uh, uh, fortunately for us on that Friday, kept their happy hour prices, but they've uh, they've stopped that on weekends, which is one issue. But the other issue with that place is they played music at like just an astronomical, ridiculous level where you can't even hear yourself think, let alone speak to one another. So I would say it's dependent on which nuffy they've got at the front playing on his guitar while we're trying to watch the football behind him. If if
1: they if they manage <laughs> to somehow play loud acoustic music over the football during gather round, they they will. That will be the get him off segment for the every week for the rest of the fucking year. But that is exactly the kind of thing that I do. Let, let's just make that our third get him off, the district removing their <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, four to seven happy hour. Oh, I nearly yeah. spewed up when I had to pay $19 for two beers, expecting at 401 for them to cost me
2: eight dollars. Like
1: there's they've they've lost the customer.
2: Sorry, district. No, I don't think Sky City's gone poor. So that there's there's no reason that that should have gone. I'm I'm all right with you there, Regan. I just get him off.
0: Uh, that get him off on the weather quickly <laughs> quickly uh, ended up being just an absolute attack on Sky City District, which we're looking forward to your hospitality on Friday afternoon. Um, gentlemen, <laughs> that is it for the podcast today. We really, or at least for your segment of the podcast, once again, I've given you the emergency call up this morning and said, can you please do it? And you've both uh, more than uh, been generous with your time. So I appreciate it. Lockie, thank you. Regan, thank you.
2: No dramas and a happy pass around to you all.
1: Yeah, no, look, pleasure, pleasure to be on again, darling. Um, can I leave one parting question for your for your listeners? And I, I would love to, to to hear feedback through the week about this, and then get yours and hopefully JR's reaction at the start of the podcast next next week. I'd love to see JR's return, but what? So all all of this get him off talk has made me, made me think of something. Uh, can we by the end of the year? Rather than having you pre-play the 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 stinger with Rocket Rocketeered and uh, Leon Cameron, I would like you and Jr. to record the stinger. One of you assuming the role of Rocket, one of you assuming the role of Jay, uh, Leon Cameron, and I would like the I would like at one point, even the last podcast of the year, perhaps the get him off segment for you and Jr. to recreate the intro in the roles of Rocket and and Leon Cameron. For the, for, the, for the last one of the year, I'd love to hear hear some enthusiasm from your listeners and see if that's actually a good idea.
0: Well, you've got one listener in the top left corner of the Zoom screen. Uh, Lockie, would you like to hear that?
2: Uh, it took a while for Regan to get through. Can you please just copy the, the uh, Rocket thing? But uh, yeah, yes, I would like to hear
0: that. As long as I can play the role of Leon Cameron because I don't think I can, uh, I can do Rocket justice, I'm more than happy to do that. So, JR, when you listen to this, keep this in mind. By the end of the year, we will have to do that. Um, I'm going to end on one final note also. Before we hopped on today, Reg- Regan messaged our group, Lockie, and said, I hope this podcast doesn't go for too long. And he's extended it by about 45 minutes himself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all, all,
1: all very much warranted uh, content. And uh, it's been somewhat cathartic being able to whinge and complain about every fucking low dog, including Lachlan Norman and his stupid Normbet rigged operation. <laughs>
0: Gentlemen, thank you very much. We'll see you next time. We're recording this at 8.11 Dairy Cow time, 7.41 Adelaide time, and I needed to get this man on. Actually, I was going to get him on anyway because he's been flying in general, but we've now got the current league record holder of uh, total points scored in a match for season 2023, and I reckon it's probably the biggest score that we've had in a long time in this league. I am joined by Jake Dean Ashenden, coach of the Keefies, who just dropped an 18.36. Dean, how are you today?
3: Dallin, thanks for having me on, mate. Uh, it's, yeah, pretty special to be on, especially on a day like today. Um, didn't, want much, didn't watch much footy today, but yeah, it's nice to uh, come home and see that, that big score on the on the phone.
0: I reckon that out of everybody I know you would probably be the most deserving of this score because we <laughs> I, I was doing a bit of survey with, with like some private group chats in the league and they were going Geez, it's hard to be angry at Dean for scoring 1836 here whether you know if it was a whereas if it was a, a regan or somebody else you'd be absolutely uh i don't know a lot of the group would be devastated so it's good to see that you do that just um, give, me a, give me how you're feeling throughout the weekend, just like refreshing your phone every now and then and saying, oh, Noah Anderson, 160. Oh, this person, 130. <laughs> how was it?
3: Uh, pretty pretty wild, mate. Yeah, that Noah Anderson score was massive. He's obviously started pretty slowly. Um, the Bailey Dale score was nice, just watching him get that pig roll back. That was pretty ideal. Um, the cherry on top was Nick Haynes just absolutely going bananas <laughs> on there. Uh, on Easter Sunday, just watching him intercept everything, slutting out the back, a couple kickouts. That's when you know everything's just going right for you in the week and it was just ideal to get them all playing well at the same time.
0: We'll talk more about your game specifically in a second, but let's just talk about the season so far. Keefe's a 3-1 and, and, to be honest with you, pretty, pretty unlucky not to be 4-0 oh, sitting there with an undefeated uh, ledger at the top of the ladder with Alex. But you sit here 3-1. and one. You're absolutely flying. You're the only team, We did a bit of uh, research before you came on, you're the only team so far in the league to not drop a score below 1,500. So the consistency's there. Is this uh, is this reminding you of 2021, mate?
3: It is. Like you said in, a, in the podcast, I think it was last week, having that set and forget captain, I think that just sort of, that helps. It gives you confidence e- each week. But I think, like you said, I, I was aware of that 1,500 being passed all four weeks. And I think... My points against are also in the top four as well. So to be three and one still, um, yeah, pretty happy with that. I think as a whole, my team, my floor is quite nice. I'm I'm pretty happy with what they can dish up consistently most weeks and also having that sort of that ceiling to push through and, and go big when they want to.
0: Absolutely flying. I'm just going to go through and have a look at some of the averages that your players are rolling around with. You've had Bailey Dale bump up recently. He's back up to 85. How good was having Mitch Duncan back today, by the way? Uh,
3: Yeah. Like I said, I I didn't catch much of the game, but I um, got home sort of halfway through the third quarter and flicked it on. And literally within the first five seconds, it was just plus six, straight back to him, plus six. And I was (laughs) like, wow, this is is going better than expected. So, um, no, that was nice.
0: So normal answer would probably be Clayton Oliver in this situation, but I know how you think. You think the same as me and... Those, uh, those big boys are always going to get you your points. So I'm going to ask you this. Outside of Clary getting you the 120s, 130s each week, who's been your favourite player, almost like your, your coach's award after four rounds so far?
3: Uh, you probably know the answer to this. It's probably going to have to be my boy Jack Zeeble, mm. to be honest. Um, just the role that he's got again this year. And he, would, he did that for me for two games last year, and I absolutely loved it. So hopefully... Uh, we've got to four games this year, so that's, that's going a little bit better. But hopefully that role can continue. He obviously doesn't get injured. Uh, it's either him or um, probably also one of your boys, Isaac Rankin. Ah, yep. He, um, he's probably overperforming a bit at the moment, but I don't see any reason why he can't continue to do it, to be honest. He's, uh, he's looking fit, he's looking electric, and the Crows are looking pretty handy.
0: The shit-up Crows. Um, Let's talk about Zeeb for a second. We traded him last year. I can't even remember the trade. It was Zebel for, do you remember who it was? Ridley. Yeah. Ridley. Ridley. So last year that ended up working all right in my favor. Got got Rids and uh, Zeebs ended up sitting in a forward pocket and wasting away. And I tell you what, if you offered me Zeeble this year, I would bite your hand off and trade you almost anyone on my team. He is absolutely flying as a forward. That is, uh, I think I've said it probably every week in the pod so far. That's a really, really handy pick. The other one who I thought that you might mention just because I've heard you mention him a few times in our group chat and that is Big O, just a really solid Ruckman, gets to your 80s, couple of 90s here and there. Happy with the man so far?
3: Yeah, obviously happy with him. Um, Like I said before, I think he's one of those players that you're you're just pretty happy with his floor. He's consistently probably just going to pump out, you know, a 75, possibly bumping up to, you know, a 95 when he plays without four. So, um, yeah, I think he's just one of those blokes that you know what you're going to get.
0: All right, let's move on to the game this week. So you, as I mentioned, dropped a league-high record, eighteen thirty six. 36 Full context for the group. Starcy holds the record. Uh, what a fall from grace for Starcy holding the record for most <laughs> points in the league to lose into the basics today, which uh, JR and I would have spoke about earlier, even though we're recording this part of the podcast first. And blowing the team up as well. And blowing the team up immediately after. That is the definition of panic trading. Keefe's eighteen thirty six defeat your good friend the Freeling King himself Adam Schmidt fifteen oh four. I tell you what, what a week for Schmidt to drop a fifteen hundred score and come up against a rampaging Keefe's. Was it that much sweeter knowing that you were against uh, Schmidt this week? Look,
3: it was. It is nice. Um, there's probably a couple of people ahead of him in this league that I would rather put that score on. But um, <laughs> in in any other fantasy league, mainly NBA, I would absolutely be with that.
0: Hey, shout out to you, by the way. Um, I actually had to cut B-Wheels. Uh, he gave you a shout out as well last week on the pod, but oh, I had to cut it out for time purposes. Um, shout out to Dean for his NBA fantasy win late last week. So this could be the double for Dino this year. How would that be?
3: Mate, there's obviously a chance because someone had to win that NBA fantasy. Um, I'm, I'm not getting ahead of myself. That's something that you know <laughs> I don't do very often, so I'll uh, I'll keep a lid on that.
0: You're, you're way too humble for this league, mate. We don't deserve you. Uh, let's go through your team to start with. I'm just going to quickly count because I haven't done this yet, but you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hundred. So seven tons for players just to start with. And then you've got another, what's that, one, two, three, four players in the 90s. That is an incredible performance. And I would say you mentioned it before, highlighted by Nick Haynes, who has just come from absolutely nowhere to trouble 134. Have you seen his stats from that game?
3: Uh, yeah, so we obviously uh, were with family on Easter Sunday, but they had it on the TV. I was trying not to be a fantasy nerd, but I was <laughs> yeah, following, following it very closely considering he was everywhere. Yeah, pretty pretty unreal game, to be honest, I think. The, uh, the Nick Haynes All-Australian is almost back.
0: I think it was something like 17 marks. Is that what we said it was in the end?
3: I think it was 17 marks, and I reckon it was eight in the set marks. Which, watching the game, he was just playing loose down back, and I think he did it the week before as well. So if he keeps that roll up, I'll yeah be very happy.
0: What's terrifying about your team, from a competitor's standpoint, is that you've got like someone like Oscar Allen on the bench who can't even get a game in your forward line at the moment. 95. Who is just sitting there wasting away? And I thought I was, I thought I had bragging rights with uh, J Max sitting on my bench and <laughs> just sort of occupying space. But I tell you what, if you're dropping almost tons on the bench and you can't even fit them in your team, you know you're going alright.
3: Yeah, look, he's another one I'm pretty happy with, to be honest. Uh, he was taken pretty late in the draft. Look, I was just, I was just a bit worried about how the West Coast forward line would function against Melbourne this week. So knowing I had the game sort of wrapped up, probably didn't matter anyway. But as you do, you overthink things probably too much, and yeah, sat him on the bench. And there's a couple of scores that he would have easily jumped over if I'd just left him on. But um, yeah, he's another one I've been pretty happy with.
0: For Schmidty, same old, same old. It's a pretty decent score with lots of uh, middle of the roads, you know, seventies, eighties, nineties. But he did have a couple of hundreds this week from the Riverland King himself, Mason Redmond. Didn't captain him. Uh, I didn't captain him on 128. Wouldn't have mattered anyway. Uh, chose the He also did a right with a 106 as captain. Oh, sorry, 212 as captain. 106 in general. You got any fears for Schmidt's team, or you reckon he'll come good eventually?
3: Uh, look, I think it's been spoken about many times on the pod and in, in the group chat. I think Schmidt's team is is deep on its day, and obviously a couple low scores there with Houston and Blakey 72, Hopper even Sherrod, just a 71. But like you said, I think that captain's corny. It's either Redmond or Sarong who he can sort of count on. Um, But outside of that, I don't think there's much more there. And, you know, with scheduling and stuff like that, it's hard to, you know, pick the right VC and and get the loop in in time. So I think that's going to be his issue there. And obviously his forward line wasn't too bad this week. But, yeah, last week, I think there was a total combined score of probably under 200. So I think there's a couple issues there. But, I think he'll be right. He's obviously down the bottom at the moment. I think another pleb finals is probably coming for (laughs) Mr
0: Schmidt. I reckon he would be, if you had to compare it to an NBA team, he would be OKC right now. He would have the most assets that he could deal, but he's just not, he's not swinging any deals at the moment. There's probably two players he could package up there for a primo. There's, you know, a couple of DPP options he could swing for, you know, a really solid midfielder or something along those lines, but... He's just holding, he's sticking, sticking to that at the moment, old Schmidt, and we'll uh, we'll see how it goes.
3: After the trade that's just gone through, I wouldn't be surprised if Laird has a couple of slow weeks, if uh, B-Will and Schmitty <laughs> maybe conjure something up, and I wouldn't be surprised if I see Laird on uh, schmidt's team in, in a couple of weeks.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if Laird doesn't play a game for the Wobbles, he could be on the move already. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pegged as this uh, manic trader, the guy who you know will do the most trades and so on, but... I reckon just by sheer like pure blow it up sort of spec, I reckon will has got me covered. <laughs> he he makes almost as many as me, but also just does the big boy ones as well.
3: Yeah, that's that's a big trade, and for for two teams that are obviously sitting down the bottom, there's there's going to be a winner, and there's going to be a loser. So, all
0: right, mate, let's get on to our fantasy coach submitted questions. I have quite a few here, and a number of them are electrician related, so we might hold, we might hold them to the end, but we'll, we'll get into the fantasy questions to start with. And this is actually a really good question to begin with because it's uh, come across on in the interview as well. Very, very humble man you are, and you don't like going the early crow. You like when your team's doing well, but you never brag about it. Just, it's just business. So the first question is, is there pressure that comes with being the nice guy of the league?
3: Uh, the pressure is probably still there. Um, you just, I just don't show it as much. Obviously, winning a flag already helps. Already got that one tucked away mm. in the cabinet. So there's something there that uh, you, you can sort of play the game and relax a bit as well, knowing that. Um, can I guess who that question came from? Yeah, go on. Will you answer? Yeah. Was that Regan Mastrangeli? <laughs>
0: He's still obvious, isn't he? <laughs> You just know because it's the most like personal question and it's almost like a dig. How did I
3: know? How did I know?
0: That's really well done. I reckon that's like four coaches have had on and they've all had a question from Rick and they've all guessed which one it was. He, he
3: goes straight to your mind. Yeah. He just knows he tries to really pick you. All
0: right, next question. Describe your emotional state every time Clayton Oliver is involved in any sort of potentially injury riddled contact this season.
3: Um, to be honest, it's it's not it's not that high. Um, I think he's one of those pretty longevity, hardy kind of bodies. He's always running. He's always up. Very similar to uh, Tuki Miller, who I had mm. a couple of years ago. You just you just knew what he was going to do. You knew where he's going to be. You just watch him, as we do. We just watch our blokes running across the screen. Oh, fucking kick it to him! Kick it to him! <laughs> oh, there he is. He's open. And he's just always moving. He's always – he looks fit. So, yeah, not not that into it not emotionally, to be honest.
0: I won't lie. I've never heard anybody talk about the durability of their player and then them not cop an injury. So I'm, very, I'm hoping for the best mate, but I'm very concerned.
3: The podcast curse. The <laughs> podcast curse is coming.
0: Well, that's the next question. I've got it sitting right here. Let's ask it now. Do you believe in the podcast curse and should you be worried?
3: Well – Clearly, at the moment, there is a podcast curse. So uh, I am a little bit worried going into Gather Round playing Beale, who normally does have the wood over the Kefis. So uh, hopefully we can knock that one off and uh, knock the podcast curse off as well. That'd be good.
0: Just a side note to that. Normally, you and uh, Will you do the annual choose your own captain's round. Can you confirm on the podcast that... Due to the fact that the keyfies are shit hot and a very good chance of the the top points this year, that you'll be uh, foregoing that and uh, that won't be a thing this round.
3: I can confirm ninety percent. If that is an answer, I can almost confirm that that will not be continuing this year. I uh, yeah, almost. Well, I'm not I'm not one hundred percent sure what the score was, but uh, we did it a couple of years ago, and I was very close to winning. And mm. yeah, the Charlie Dixon forty or whatever. He, laid out during that round was probably the difference. So I think uh yeah we're going to call that off for a year and hopefully we can get a league-wide choose your own choose your opposition captain next year round. I think that would be uh that'd be nice.
0: As commissioner and as the historian for all Quadruple AFL stats I can confirm cuz I had to pay out Stasi that year that you definitely would have won it that year if you had a a normal captain score. I think you lost by about 100ish points or something like that. So yeah, that's very, very rough.
3: That's okay, mate. Uh, we, we won the flag, so that's all that matters. It's a team game, team game. Without the asterisks as well.
0: <laughs> all right, next question. At the moment, as it stands on the 10th of April, 2023, if you had to choose between your lovely, beautiful wife, Alice, or Clayton Oliver, who would you choose?
3: <laughs> it would have been. This would have been a really difficult one if uh, it was Jack Zeeble instead of Clayton Oliver, but... I think she's probably going to listen to this because she knows I'm on the podcast. So I will pick Alice. I will pick Alice. She does allow me to uh, to indulge a fair bit on weekends and watch watch the footy a fair bit. So and obviously I'm not sleeping with Clayton Oliver. So I'll pick <laughs> Alice this time and uh, hopefully keep her happy.
0: Great decision. Uh, that's a uh, I'm sure made Alice happy. I'm sure it's um, made you happy as well. But it's also made Alicia and I. Alice is one of our favorites. So. We're very happy to hear that. And it's not to say that we don't love Clary, but yeah, just a good decision by you all around there. A uh, couple of electrician questions to finish on. How much to you install a couple of downlights in my kitchen?
3: Two downlights? Yep, two. Depending depending on who this is, the price changes. So uh, it, it roughly probably a box of beer. Anyway, for anyone in this league, probably a box of beer.
0: What if I told you it was Regan?
3: Did he put two questions in? <laughs> for Regan... Maybe two boxes (laughs) of
0: beer. Uh, Actually, a box
3: of beer and a a red wine. A red wine to share with him would be nice. He drinks some nice reds.
0: Next one. Why should we choose LED lighting over anything else?
3: LED lighting over everything else. Well, it's obviously more energy efficient, better for the environment. Your uh, your electricity bill is a lot smaller, Uh, less maintenance, which is not ideal for me sometimes, but better for you guys less likely to burn the house down also. So I, there's a couple There's a couple of good options there.
0: Last question, loosely related to being an electrician. Will your apprentice, who is an avid fan of the show, we're a big fan of him, so thank you for listening, will your apprentice be getting a pay rise if you win the flag this year?
3: I can confirm that he won't be unless I start my own gig and he comes across and works for me, then that will probably be a pay rise. But until then, I think he will just have to sit in the passenger seat and listen to my voice now on the podcast. So shout out to you, Big D.
0: What's his his name? Can I give him a proper shout out? Dalton. Shout out to you, Dalton. Massive fan of the show and we're a massive fan of you. Like I said, who knows if this league expands to 18, 20, 22, 24, he might get a gig. Would you back him in? Uh,
3: Considering he has never played before, probably not um, competitively wise, but the drive is there for him. He is the number one fan of the quadruple AFL, so he's got the work ethic and uh, the skill of the fantasy can uh, grow from there.
0: I've decided after last week that we're going to end on three questions, and that's it. Those three will not change from week to week. So, Dean, my first question to you is, who is the most under-pressure coach in the quadruple AFL right now?
3: Well, I think there's a couple now, especially after that trade. um, That... Just his alarm bells for both coaches, but I think the most under pressure coach is, and it's it's probably a yeah probably an easy one, but Lockie Norman, <laughs> the coach of the Herds. I think when you go back to back and you're on the chirp all pre season, and then for the first four weeks, I know he beat me last week, and that was good 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 on him. But I think you look at his score this week, and he's just not he's almost there, but he's not quite. I think. When you're, when you're a previous Premier, the pressure's always on and he needs to, yeah, he needs to deliver. So I think he's the most under pressure at the moment.
0: This is fucking fantastic timing because as you're talking about Lockie being the most under pressure coach, I'm not spoiling anything. This could be about anything. It could, it could be work-related. It could be anything. But he's just popped up on my messenger feed with the message, evening, and I haven't been able to open the rest. So <laughs> that could very well be him in panic stations, but we'll, we'll wait and see. <laughs>
3: He's uh he's definitely sliding into the DMs. I suppose it is a Monday night, so it's a bit early, a bit later, sorry than expected.
0: <laughs> Normally, he's already messaged Leech like ten times by now.
3: <laughs> I, it's funny, I actually messaged him this morning. When you when you're going well, you you tend to throw out the messages a bit more often to uh, a
0: couple other people. So, next question is, who is the biggest pretender in the quadruple AFL right now? Wow, um, it's a
3: tough one. Obviously. The easy answer here is Alex because he has the lowest amount of points for in that sort of top echelon of the ladder. He's four and zip still, but I think that's the easy option as the biggest pretender. Outside of that, I think anyone up the top, is their teams on their day can still win it. So, yeah, the easy option there is probably Alex. If he's two and two, I don't think he's obviously pretending. So uh, the easy option there is Alex.
0: He's won again this week. So like we said, I, I called him the biggest pretender at 3-0 and last week and he's 4-0 and with a win. What did he score in the end? 14. I'm just going to have a quick look.
3: Fourteen seventy 76
0: Oh, 1476 isn't bad actually, to be fair. I thought that was going to be a lot lower than what it actually was. So sorry, Alex, I'll, I'll go back into my box there. But I think currently he would be a leading candidate for the biggest pretender. I'm looking through the ladder. It's just updated before while we were on. And Mad Jacks could have been in that position, but he dropped another 1,600 this week, so he could be back on. So, yeah, that's not surprising that at the moment that, Alex, although you are sitting top of the ladder and we can't take that away from you, at least at the moment, you will still have that label until you can, I guess, prove to us over the, I don't know, maybe six, seven weeks that you can keep doing this. All right, last question, Dino, Then we'll let you go because it's been a big day for you, big weekend, and uh, you got got probably an early start tomorrow. Can't be yourself. Who is your tip for the flag for 2023?
3: Um, well, I picked him for the start of the year, actually, and I'm probably going to stick with it. A couple injuries to him, his team last week probably doesn't help, but obviously Mason Wood played this week. It's still, probably still Echo for me. I think he's, his team's deep. He's got the guns that can go big and drop the C on as well. A couple of nice trades there for sure and one with yourself to get Dawson in. I think, yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. So, um, yeah, probably still Echo.
0: What's going on underrated for Echo is his start to the year, actually. It's been pretty rough, and he's done all right to come out of it 2-2 two and two with some pretty good scores. So without tooting my own horn, he beat me the first week, and I think I'm okay, so that's a, not a bad win. Round two, he ended up losing in the last minute or two to Regan, another good team. Uh, last week, round three, he ended up beating Presbury, which is neither here nor there, but with another pretty decent score. And even today... He lost to John who is also going to be pretty semi-reasonable but he had Tyler Brockman go off about halfway through being subbed so there's definitely some potential there for Echo. Mate, you couldn't answer uh, your own team but I think right now if I had to have a look at Normbet odds they're probably shortened again after the weekend. I think you are a red hot favourite and for your sake and for the league's sake because you'll be a good Premier again I hope the podcast curse doesn't strike and you keep on your merry way. And maybe, who knows, next time you'll be on, we'll be talking about the uh, the grand final coming up for you.
3: Beautiful, darling. Thanks, mate. Thanks for me on. And, uh, yeah, shout out to all the boys and good luck this week.
0: Pod 7 in the books. We are done for another week. Thank you to Lockie and Regan for stepping in as co-host. Did a fantastic job, as per usual. Thank you to Dino for his time. He is roaring at the moment. And the runaway uh, favourite of the competition Let's see how that goes for the remainder of the year. We will be back next week. Have a fantastic pass around, the holiest of weeks in the quadruple AFL, and good luck to all fantasy coaches. See you then.